welcome one, welcome all to episode 215 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, February 10th, 2024. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. In today's episode, we are discussing the potential futures of Xbox as speculations have now run rampant that Microsoft is planning to not only exit the physical game space, but also they'll be navigating exclusivity in a very different way than they have prior. As always, of course, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness. Those have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm good. It's been a good week. I've actually uh, had a really good time. Um, I went out on a nice dinner date with my wife last night. We went to our favorite hamburger place and we had a good conversation with some random people. And uh, I got a uh, got a new graphics card for my for my PC. So my PC build is now complete. I got a 4080 Super. Uh, it was a very nice PNY overclock system. I've thrown just about everything I have at it and it handles it like a true champ. Mm-hmm. Um, Starfield is amazing at 60 frames per second on full graphics. So, I wouldn't yeah. know what that's like. I don't know. I'm just a it's, console plebe. It's a very beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but having to relearn how to use mouse and keyboard for a lot of these games that I'm used to playing controller for is, uh, is tough. Uh, so I was, I was thinking about going and getting my Starfield controller last night, but how are you doing? I can't complain. It's been a, a tiring week, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um, slightly under the weather here and there, but that happens. Um, but socials were exhausting this week as various rumors and speculations kind of came out and outlets were talking. And I know we are going to talk about that as one of our main topics yeah. today. Um, but it was such a breath of fresh air. And my words of kindness uh, are twofold. They go to, of course, our Discord, who sense of reason, ration, you know, in a, t- a space where everyone was getting upset. Uh, everybody there was just being really kind and supportive. Got to watch Ellery stream this week, which was wonderful. Nice. Um, Matt Kennedy, I want to shout out Matt Kennedy. Uh, we did fantasy critic against him uh, with Nerd Chat, but gave us a, a clip of him, uh, or rather a picture of merch that he picked up, XEP merch that he picked up, which was really neat. So there was a lot of good in a week where I think people were downing uh, yes. Xbox or just gaming. It just felt odd for sure. So Oh, yeah people were having meltdowns about stuff and it wasn't even about good stuff like shredder and Fortnite. Mm. it was about stupid stuff yeah because it's and it's a shame too because shredder and Fortnite right now way better than solid snake i'm just gonna put it out there 100 percent. tm2 tmnt content for Fortnite is fabulous it's so fabulous and i was so glad to see when I went to the store and I couldn't find Shredder, I was like, where the heck is Shredder? How do I get Shredder? Mm-hmm. And I found out that the event that they got going on, it's like you just spend like a thousand V-Bucks for it mm-hmm. and you get Shredder instantly. But then there's like a Super Shredder version. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a, a um, Krang uh, a back bling, which I yep. hate the, the word for. They should just call it like, you know, back, back bling pack. Yeah. No, because no, bling is a bling. stupid word. No. Bling is dope because I'm cool and I know bling coolness. Wow, this hurts. Yep. No. <laughs> it's pretty rough, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't get better as you get older either. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, like they, dude, the, the turtle stuff is just 
don't know, dude. I, we, we were talking a little bit about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm in love with some of the event stuff that they got going on for different games right now. Like, I, I know you didn't jump into the COD stuff yet that I know of, um, but the Horde point mm-hmm. is way different than just a Horde mode and in way more interesting than a hard point. And that's that was I was actually pretty in, I, I enjoyed a, a bit of that after I got used to the the setup. Mm-hmm. But, I'm anxious um, to get into that today. I'll actually say. Yeah. I one of the things that I enjoyed about this week was lots of events mm-hmm. started kind of happening in a lot of the different live service games that I play. Yeah. Fortnite dropped the incredible like the Cowabunga Pass is legitimately great as a TMNT it's really fan. Good. Yeah, it, it's close to home for me, but also it's good. Like it's just legitimately good. Yeah. Uh and I'm enjoying that, but then I'm also uh anxious to check out, you know, the Horde Point in Call of Duty Season 2 which is season one treated me very well, really enjoyed season yeah. one. Um, they've been, Call of Duty is good about doing mini events, as is Fortnite. Uh, they've had a lot of stuff related to the boys, which as I watch Gen V has been cool. Yeah, um, I've enjoyed that. And then Diablo's doing like its lunar event, which pretty neat. Like I appreciate. I don't, I don't know if I like the lunar event as much as I thought I was going to. I, I do not. I do not like the lunar events next to other stuff stuff that they've done nor do i like season three of diablo as much as i like season two but the bigger point i think that i'm making is that these live service games consistently are battling with one another for uh you know bringing player attention and sometimes Mm -hmm. these line up very poorly like even halo i'll address in a second um difficult for me as a consumer which is exactly what they want but I love having these different events in game that are like, yeah, you've got your standard XP crawl and whatever pass, but then we've got these events. And I like that because they're typically collab based or they give you cool features, abilities. Um, It's also why some games can't enter this space any longer because player time is just occupied. Destiny started doing that. World of Warcraft started doing that years and a decade ago, easily at this point. And games just struggle to battle in, but I enjoy them. I just wish they didn't line up next to each other. Uh, all the time and well it's about holidays right it's they're always trying to do something for for the special like this one is the the celebration of the chinese new year which is the lunar festival for a lot of different things you know it's the year of the dragon Mm -hmm. make sure you guys are giving out your red envelopes by the way uh be be nice but uh like things like um halo the way that they do theirs you know, their battle pass system is probably one of the nicest, but when you have to compete for time for these events, it's tough when they're offering really compelling cosmetics for a short period of time that it's, you got to have to wait for an event to come back if you want something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And thankfully Halo is infinite is, is forgiving, but it's also adjusting in it's kind of new, no season, but Mm, doing content updates they've adjusted their operations. But one of the things I do dig is that right now their weeklies are lining up with Halo Season 2, like the helmets of the Silver Team. Yeah, the show. Uh, And I will tell you, I am 20 minutes into the first episode of Season 2, and then I had to stop because of time. But that first 20 minutes, Logan, was Mm -hmm. better than the entire goodness of Season 1. Like all the good moments of Season 1, the first 20 minutes of Season 2 outdo it. Like That's cool. I'm loving it. They very quickly in that first 20 minutes have even noted and talked about like, uh, like address some of the problems. One of the problems is that it is 
in this universe of Halo, the Spartans couldn't think for themselves unless they removed yeah. a pellet. Early on, they're like, did you remove your pellet? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Cool. Now we have people. Like, now we have personalities in there. They're not going to be run by AI, so no longer will some things be happening. So I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes, but the action was so good. Master Chief's helmet on made sense. His helmet off made sense. He wasn't taking it off mid-battle to look at the sky. There was none of that. It was mm-hmm. really good. I really enjoyed it. So That's I'm anxious good. to go back. Yeah. I hope they I hope they keep that throughout the rest of the series because my fear and I don't think I'm I don't think I'm I'm wrong to have this this trepidation with it. And I'm going to wait till it's all out before I, I subscribe because I'm going to just binge it all in like a weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a little worried that the writers and the directors and stuff looked at the reception of the season. The first season and were just like, man, everyone seemed to really hate this. Let's see if we can win them back with this first episode. And then we'll get back to our normal routine of sucking on Halo. And it's just like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping that the cool factor for this, the first couple seasons that people have been saying are really good persists through the entire season. And this isn't just like a, a, a quick grab to draw people in for the, for the second season, hoping to give them like what we want, but ultimately failing and going back to their season one rounds or roots. The writers from season one are gone. They were fi- fired, exited. They they've left. They were left a while. Like that. Like we knew that a while ago. It was a dumb um, story. There was a very bad story in season one. Like don't. Yeah, it, it was just bad. But season two, obviously, I fully believe the first twenty minutes are a reaction to season one, the reception yeah. there. Um, but for all intents and purposes, what I understand is that. The first two episodes are very very well received. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, looking very good. good. My wife watched parts of it with me and seemed to be very mm-hmm. much enjoying it. Um, I'm I'm in. Like I'm I'm in for season two if this continues. But you put a ton of Quan Ha or some of that first season mess in front of me, then gone. Gone. See, that's what I'm garbage. scared of because I saw I was looking at like the cast list Mm -hmm. on IMDb and like Mm -hmm. the episode lists and the names and stuff. And I was like, I agree. uh, (laughs) I agree. All of these don't really star Master Chief. We'll see what happens. Like I'm, Uh, they get the benefit of the doubt based on the opening. Based on, I hate that. That feels like a bait and switch. It might be, and that's my concern. That's. The only I don't I don't I'm not going to say bad or bad or good about it until I actually watch it and I'm not going to watch it until I can binge all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm 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 fearful for the consumer who has to deal with the bait switch on that because mm-hmm. that's not something that they should have to deal with. No, no, they should not. Um, but I have to think Halo, Halo, the brand of Halo, which is to, to some synonymous with Xbox, it may not be in the future going forward for all intents and purposes. The brand of Halo took a lot of hits in the last decade, had some yeah. really high highs. The launch of Halo Infinite was wonderful. It was really like, we're back. We've got a show on the way. This is good. COVID, I think, damaged production, but not writing, like damaged production of, of the quality of season one's visuals and such. Um, but then the lack of content for Infinite and it's been really hard to be a Halo fan, um, an Xbox fan and a DC fan. Everything that I am uh, in the entertainment space has been has been uh, <laughs> odd to watch. But I hope that Halo as a brand continues the recovery that I see it happening. 
Is it happening? Yeah. Hap- happening? 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 I, I knew what you meant. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I hope that brand recovery continues if season two delivers, if yeah. indeed Halo Infinite and subsequent Halo releases over the next two years are, are solid. I'm, I'm excited for the brand. I just. That's good. I could see it swinging awry as well. Yeah. It's uh, to kind of cap things off. I gotta say, like uh, topic for another for another podcast, but I would love to think of of seasons or shows that started off with a first season that just absolutely killed it from the get go mm-hmm. and just stayed good throughout the whole series. Because there's really not. It always feels like maybe this is a maybe this is a problem with like you know CW shows or something, but it always feels like the first season is always rocky. And it isn't until the second season when the actors get into their characters better, the writers understand where they want to go with the story. They aren't mm-hmm. they aren't worried about cancellation nearly as much because they've they've got a foundation to jump off of. Mm-hmm. It just I, it always feels like first season on a show is just like the the worst, and then it gets better, and then it's like well, the first should have really been the best because you had one story to tell. Mm-hmm. But I, I've seen yeah. mixed and match on that mixed results there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's fair. Um, well, look, let's go ahead and read our, our patron list and thank them for being yeah. so supportive of the show. And then we'll get into kind of the big topic that is uh, massive, I think, in terms of what Xbox's future potentially could spell out. But um, let's thank all the people that went to patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass, chose to support us, just chose to help me pay for different things to help keep the, the show going like, like Canva. I just paid that fee. Every dollar yes. from here on out uh, is going towards summer travel like us hopefully getting to link up at an event of some kind e3-esque you know whatever whatever xbox fan xbox fest can take place yes yeah, so fan uh, fest. that's where i'm funneling all of that uh and if it doesn't if we don't end up going then it'll funnel into website fees and everything else that uh, i'm gonna pay out of pocket until then so we'll see what happens but patrons that have gone to patreon.com slash xbox expansion as we read out the tier two and three we want to thank them uh i believe it's my week to read yes Indeed it is. So we want to say thank you to Chris, 1H1D, Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods Parker III, Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley II, Tao Zochi, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto1606, Randolph Thor19, Silkenet, Rick Gaffney, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33. Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, the Lord, Sir, Master, Allfather, Godfather, and Father to my friend's kid, James Suddy, Brenda Myers, aka the Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all for listening to uh, the Xbox Expansion Pass and choosing to support us over on Patreon. You guys keep the content coming, the lights on, and we appreciate you. So there we go. I'm just really surprised that you're taking all that Patreon money and investing it into Girl Scout cookie stock, hoping that it pays out. Sony stock, actually. Sony Sony stock. stock. Mm -hmm. I misunderstood. Yep. Both are both are sweet, but ultimately empty inside. well, when consuming. You know, we are going to soon be the expansion pass, not maybe not the Xbox expansion pass, at least if rumors are to be believed. Now, this is an interesting topic because rumors and speculation are a tiring thing in and of, of themselves, Logan. Mm. But uh, 
when we had Stephen Totillo on two weeks ago, he was adamant and of the mind that Sea of Thieves would be arriving onto PlayStation. And we discussed the pros and cons of that. Uh, the idea yeah. that we have a satiated market for Sea of Thieves already. Uh, we've kind of capped out the max number is the only way to continue getting Sea of Thieves to more people. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I, got some, I got some follow up on that. Hold on, you nerd. Uh, the idea would be we wouldn't be able to get to other people. But in him saying it would come to Sea of Thieves and our great discussion, I'll point you guys to that. The days that followed led to more outlets suggesting that it wasn't just Sea of Thieves that would be arriving from the Xbox catalog into other platforms, Switch, PlayStation, what have you. Um, yep. Websites like the Xbox Era, an enthusiast website that has reported correctly on, on a number of leaks from Special Nick, uh, came out and said, nope, we've heard it's more Starfield, this, that, the other. The Verge, uh, Paul Tassi, a number of other credible sources. We're hearing this. We're hearing this. We're hearing this. And then Nate the Hate, who had correctly leaked something some weeks prior, came back and said, nope, I was wrong about Starfield. I regret my decision to say that, X, Y, Z. And so what we've had now is a fallout narrative of, is this true? Is it not? Leading Phil Spencer and Xbox to state that they've got a business update on their strategy coming up in this following week. Perhaps if you're listening to this now, you already know. But I think it's interesting, Logan, to watch, to watch the discourse the sky is falling attitude and a bunch of people wrote in about it of just what happens to digital libraries, what happens to the Xbox brand. If games do go multi-platform, we ourselves participated in that kind of discussion with Steven Totillo. And then it's seemingly in the weeks that followed this, that, and the other made this narrative, something else potentially, I think damaging the Xbox brand overall. I think it was interesting. Yeah, I do too. Also, I have to call out a few things. I love that you ran over the word library and it's and you said digital library. And Did I? I? Really, I really want I really want libraries to be a thing where I keep all my games. That's Not a single me. person knows what you're talking about. What? Mm-hmm. What do you, you instead of library? Yeah. You said library. Oh, okay. All right. And all it's right. just for the mental image of of library just cracks me up for some reason. I don't know why I like that word, but I like that word now. Okay. Um, uh the the sea of thieves thing we just got a season uh 11 um Mm -hmm. news video uh Mm -hmm. they are updating the code base to support direct uh x12 for Mm -hmm. graphics cards which is going to be a lot more a lot better for optimization for running the pc client they're also Mm -hmm. updating the game to use the uh, latest um game developer kit Mm -hmm. which is going to bring in a lot of optimizations but there's a lot of people who are more familiar with that who said that that might be a good clue into them being able to have Sea of Thieves ported over to PlayStation now. Mm. And that that wasn't something that was necessarily like av- available to them, but they are doing the framework background stuff mm-hmm. that will allow them to, one, integrate a good anti-cheat for PC Mm-hmm. Um, but also uh, support um, newer graphics cards better and also to be able to uh, have better tools so that they can uh, work on on ways to to change the game through the, the engineering side of it. And that could potentially lead to confirmation that a PlayStation version may be something that they start working on soon. Interesting. Interesting. It's neat to hear concrete things happening. 
the speculation, of course, will it actually go to PlayStation or is this just yeah. future proofing for other things? I think that's been the consistent debate. People are seeing a lot of smoke in certain areas. And in some cases, it might lead to something, might not. But I've watched a lot of people react, including ourselves, people uh, kind oh, yeah. of in our spaces, trying to figure out what is going on with Xbox's future. They just acquire, acquired, I should say, uh, Activision Blizzard King, $70 billion acquisition, a two-year yeah. ordeal. Uh, we, we, we've now completed this. We've strengthened the brand. We're seeing, you know... Uh, different lists come out about like games sold. And now there are five technical, technically Xbox games in the top 20 from Starfield and Minecraft to call of duty and Diablo. And, and it's just fascinating to watch, but the messaging has been very difficult. Something that uh, it was uh, the nerd propellant that wrote in over on Twitter, you know, what would your, they write, what would your ideal messaging approach be for Xbox? To me, I often feel Xbox messaging isn't the issue. Many make it out to be so much so that the audience isn't in the mindset to understand them. Luke may recognize this uh, as, as how important it can be as a fellow educator. Um, I I agree and disagree with, with kind of the, the mentality that Near Propellant's writing in with. I think Xbox does have a messaging problem. And it stems back further than this most recent issue of Sea of Thieves or Starfield or any other yeah. Hi-Fi Rush going to another platform. When Blade was announced by Bethesda at the Game Awards to be coming and, and created by Arcane Studios, they couldn't even yeah. say Xbox exclusive, which is suggestive of something, but it's a needless shot in the foot if there's not a reason for it. If there is no yeah. reason for it, why not just say? So I think Xbox does have a messaging problem. They have had the best service available to gamers for this entire generation. They have had Game Pass deliver nonstop hits into their service, and yet their numbers have plateaued. They've strengthened their bond with, with JRPG makers, with uh, different places around the world, and yet the box isn't selling. So somewhere along the way, despite Bethesda, despite PC, Play Anywhere, despite Game Pass, something isn't connecting with the greater communities. And that might be causing strife or difficulty in the Xbox, or, or rather I should say the Microsoft C-suite. Little things like GameStop, on their own volition, with no input from Xbox tweet that we know of, yeah. changing the verbiage from Xbox Game Pass to Microsoft Game Pass to promote one of their event days yeah, caused a massive uproar. Not necessarily the fault of Xbox that GameStop screwed up, but the, the lack of clear messaging does cause that to be a discourse. And not, that I think is even... frustrating. Not even just that, but someone was like, tr someone was literally scrubbing through employees of, of Microsoft Xbox, their LinkedIn accounts for history on like what their roles are. And they're like looking at people and saying like, oh, this person uh, works at Xbox and they, they support uh, content that's across Switch and PlayStation. And then, you know, like days later, that person removes those consoles from their LinkedIn because it got so much heat because people are like, Oh my God, this is confirmation that, that they're bringing stuff. And it's like, no, Ori, Minecraft, Minecraft. death loop. We already have <laughs> Xbox content on playstations. If they're supporting that content, 
that could be past content. It's mm-hmm. not like there hasn't been a precedent already set for games coming to other consoles. So the discourse online on social medias in particular has been very disappointing mm-hmm. and very infuriating as a fan of Xbox mm-hmm. to think that this is the representation of the community when I have to every once in a while, I have to step back and, and like check myself and be like, no, this isn't the majority of people. I don't think any of my Sea of Thieves friends even know what's going on with this. And they're a large portion of uh, of one of the people, one of the communities that would be directly impacted by something like Sea of Thieves coming to other consoles. And as a result of that, it's like, these are just a few people who have large followings and have made Xbox their identity mm-hmm. and they have connections and they hear rumors and they hear uh, uh, things that are that are potentially going to happen. But because there's no online uh, confirmation from Xbox, that is where I think I agree with you that Xbox consistently has a, a, a trouble addressing issues before they become issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw this with Redfall when there was um, a confirmation later that the that the P, that the console version was going to be 30 frames per second when all the footage we had seen was 60 frames. We saw this again when uh, Phil Spencer came on to um, uh, 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 um, kind of funny kind of kind of funny's uh, X cast and said that you know we would know for sure soon or, or, or by the e3, like if Starfield was going to be 30 frames or 60 frames. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later that we found out that it was going to be 30 frames. And then mm-hmm. we found out the reason why was because of all the junk that they have in there persisting. And it's like, well, I don't care if that stuff persists. Give me 60 mm-hmm. frames. Which, right. By the way, 4080 Super on a PC with Starfield with 60 frames per second is beautiful. It yeah. is miraculous. And I love, love seeing uh, uh, all the frames on yeah. my PC right now. It's, it's beautiful, but to, to see all this discourse, man, it, I'm glad we're recording now because I've had, uh, I've had the whole week to kind of get my feelings in check and, mm-hmm. and really kind of like formulate my opinions on this whole thing. And the, the conversation around like, are people reacting too much to this? Yeah, I think people are definitely reacting too much to, to, to rumors and speculation, and I hate giving life to those. Um, but I do think that the fear that they have is justified. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I can jump into the Sony topic real quick, uh, we recently found out that Funimation, which is a, a an anime streaming service that's been around for a long time, and Crunchyroll are getting merged. Um, mm-hmm. Funimation is is funneling into Crunchyroll. And people who are fans of Funimation are having their accounts merged into Crunchyroll. Their cost is going up. Any purchases that they made through Funimation are not being honored by Crunchyroll. And that's a really Weird. crappy thing to do to a digital library for two anime streaming services. And the, the thing that, that really kind of speaks to the speaks to the, the weirdness of this is, is that both of these companies were purchased by Sony. Mm-hmm. Sony owns both of these companies. What is the reason for them not to honor a digital library when they're the ones merging the service and hiking the price? And it's like that's I think that is a more valid concern when we talk about things like Lena Khan having a, a, a real heyday trying to go after 
Xbox and ABK for for monopolization and stuff of the market. Um, but when you see something like this, and then you take this as like a, a, a an actual factual thing that is happening right now, and then you apply that to the concerns of what the Xbox fans are having right now with games being de-emphasized on the console and being emphasized more on Game Pass and other consoles and the exclusivity being lost there and the, the the emphasis on needing Xbox to make hardware and getting cool features like quick resume, uh, you know, cloud, um, uh, cloud saves, uh, you know, being able to have a, a FPS boost and backwards compat so prevalent in their hardware, losing some of that because they're de-emphasizing consoles potentially with bringing their exclusives to other hardware where you wouldn't necessarily need to buy an Xbox that is concerning to me, man. Like, what is going to happen if that's a future that comes around that I have to think about, okay, well, how much time do I want to actually spend uh, or how much money do I want to spend in an ecosystem that I'm unsure of? And is is that the the fear that you are thinking is happening to a lot of Xbox fans right now? I, I think not a lot by any means. I think a, a small portion of of the Xbox community that's tapped into podcasts and YouTube uh, things like because we're talking about it, we're making the problem bigger mm-hmm. because of the rumors that that have been going around. And we'll find out, you know, this week, obviously, what the thing is. I, I genuinely think that the the stratagem that the Xbox is going to have is, is that they will uh, pick and choose what games move to out other consoles. Mm-hmm. But if exclusivity leaves xbox i do think that that is a concern as a consumer mm-hmm. because it it does not show faith that the hardware is worth buying for the for the the content and as many people say content is king i own a switch for one reason zelda I don't, I don't care about all of the other Mario's nearly as much. If I get another Odyssey, I'll be very happy. But I guarantee you, the one franchise that I will subscribe to for the rest of my life is The Legend of Zelda. And there is only one place you can play The Legend of Zelda, and that is on Nintendo hardware. Mm-hmm. And they subsidize uh, the, the hardware, or they, they make hardware so that it is profitable, so that they can continue to reinvest and not rely on the the games that they put out in case one of them's bad Mm -hmm. but it is it is like if you if you're buying a playstation you're probably buying a playstation because of the exclusives that they have god of war horizon zero dawn spider-man the last of us anything that you know uh naughty dog puts out anything that um that that uh, santa monica studios puts out those are the reasons you're probably going to that console because you have a library and I think that the library, the digital library is is a huge factor in, in where you go. You know, a lot of people don't want to lose the content that they've purchased now that a lot of digital goods have been done. And as a result of that, if Xbox pulls away from that aspect of the of the market, that's a benefit to everyone but Xbox, mm-hmm. because everyone's going to benefit from buying hardware that has exclusives and exclusives from another company and then at that point they just turn into another you know they turn into a a sega at that point they they lose their hardware because they don't sell the hardware and they don't make money off of the hardware but they make enough money off of the software and publishing 
that it keeps them afloat. And that may be a good thing for Xbox because look at Capcom. They're doing fantastic right now. They're consistently mm-hmm. releasing remakes of their games that are ranking very high. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you still get the benefit of something like a Game Pass. So all of their content will come day one to, to Game Pass. But that does not that is not a consumer-friendly approach for people who've been following this ecosystem for the last 20 years. And I think that's the frustrating thing to me. That's the thing that I'm hung up on the most, that there's no consumer-friendly approach to this for Xbox fans, just everyone else, or the people who buy all of them. I agree and disagree on a couple fronts. I think mm. and this discussion will take place again yeah. at the start of Gen Probably. 10, right? Yes. At the start of Gen 10, why do you need a box? Already we see Xbox available on the ROG Ally. We see Xbox available on PCs The in places where there is not an Xbox. I think this is just coming in too soon or sooner than people were ready for which is ironic Mm -hmm. given that the Xbox One's arrival into the ecosystem had all the things it needed to have. It had all the things we currently use, but it was too soon. Just as the Dreamcast did for Sega, it was too soon. Consumer, like the, uh, the Zune and a few other Microsoft products have often arrived. Tablets, they had tablets first. Too soon before people were ready for it. Xbox yeah. may indeed be so ahead of the curve here, future-proofing themselves, they're actually doing some damage. I will note that if hardware does get devalued, de-emphasized, and decoupled from the Xbox brand going forward, I do wonder what happens to features like Quick Resume, the smart delivery. Back and Pat. Back and Pat. They spent, they spent years and years building a Back and Pat library a- that we are very excited to see the arrival of Activision Blizzard titles too. A huge, huge physical back compatibility that would be lost if we don't have boxes. I'll address that too. Um, physical, you need to get over it. Uh, you, you, you people, you physical mites. It, um, it's let me talk, Logan. Sorry, thanks, buddy. Um, the physical is already dead; has been dead for quite some time. the yeah. The idea that you own your games because you have the disc is so foolish. Because the moment they turn off servers or they you choose not to update suddenly your experience is diminished, if anything, um, it, it, not even ac- accessible. So I don't see a world where we need to be pretending like the physical library is the box now because it's not been for some time. The majority of games purchased are done online. Xbox and PlayStation both sell a digital-only console. And in all intents and purposes, the physical Series X is not even is is going away also i think it's just a little bit too soon for people the part that i want to acknowledge is is awkward is that those who have invested into the ecosystem need to feel there is a reason to stay within that ecosystem and xbox has failed to deliver on that to the masses otherwise the conversation would be very different Uh, yeah i'm not offended when someone's playing xbox games on their rog ally or their PC, or logging into Minecraft on their their Switch, or on their PlayStation, or playing Ori. That doesn't hurt me. What would hurt me uh, as a consumer would be if suddenly all of Xbox's best games were available over on that PlayStation or that Switch, 
and I couldn't play competitor stuff. Why even own the Xbox per se? And I'm okay not yeah. owning an Xbox later down the line, but to spend all this money and time to prepare your brand and then not reward the fans that have stuck with you would feel strange. Yeah. I, I, I think that's uh, part of the, the issue that I have with this is that if I, if, if the next generation comes around and Xbox is saying that they are going to bring their first party content or like game pass to PlayStation or Nintendo, mm -hmm. I'm probably just going to buy a PlayStation Mm -hmm. and i'll have like my my two xbox series x's i'll have them like on the shelf in case i want to jump into something that i've purchased that may not be transitioned into whatever the future of of their ecosystem may be that is a the and that's where i think microsoft consistently talks out of both sides of their mouth they want to reward xbox fans and say that the console is important it's the most powerful console that your content will be there you have you have backwards compatibility your digital libraries there and then at the same time they talk about wanting to have their your content every their content everywhere they want to be on any screen that they possibly can and it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too guys you either support the people that are that are funding your hardware and you you give them the dedication that they deserve or you just say, forget it, and we're going to put our stuff everywhere and and allow people to enjoy the content at the same time. Because when you do this, you're you're not you're not showing me what your values are outside mm -hmm. of we want money. Mm -hmm. And that's fine if that's the if that's the the approach you want to take, because then I will be very, very careful about where I spend my money. And mm -hmm. I guarantee you. A lot of people that find out that Microsoft may move in a direction where they are taking their content across multiple consoles are going to take that $500 next gen and hold on to it just a little bit longer mm -hmm. and see what's going on with PlayStation because it's all fine and good if you want to put your exclusives everywhere. That's fine if everyone's playing by the same rules. Mm -hmm. Sony is not going to play by these rules. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep their stuff exclusive. We saw that with Call of Duty and and content that they would bring exclusively to PlayStation. They're mm -hmm. a third party company. They just made the contract deals. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy XVI, Square Enix and Sony have a very strong bond. If that's the case, then I'm going to go Sony because all of the content that I might want to play on Sony is going to be on Sony and any of the content that's on Xbox, if that comes to Sony, then why would I waste the $500? Right. It does fly in the face of of the way that they've tried to incentivize people to to come to their ecosystem like you'll have hellblade you'll have fable you'll have this you'll have that yeah. well i can have it everywhere else and spider-man is a very strange messaging so i'm anxious to see what actual yep. information does come out something that i thought was interesting was that was being reported by credible journalists was that xbox themselves their c-suite was surprised by the discourse surprised by the way this narrative seemed to get away mm -hmm. um I got a kick out of these. I don't know if I call them. I suppose they are influencers by definition. Um, these people that are speaking as though I've that they're Phil is their close personal friend. You know, I talked to Phil yesterday about what what he was doing and how it was messing up, and I tried to guide him. It's like, first off, Holmes, like, what are you doing? You, he's not basing his decision for a billion dollar company based on your DMs. Calm it down. Uh, and two, 
many of these decisions have likely been in limbo and discussion for quite some time. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to watch what they want to message going forward, how they want to leverage Activision Blizzard content uh, going forward. Navigating space of live service games makes perfect sense in some cases to be in multiple places. Other stuff, I really was looking forward to them strengthening their exclusive slate with things like Spyro or Crash Bandicoot or uh, maybe the next Bethesda title akin to Hi-Fi Rush. I was really looking forward to that because Xbox was starting to mean something special again. I will (laughs) grant you that Series S and X have not sold very well compared to, I think, the quality that they offer, whereas the Xbox One was a piece of trash for the first few years. and. It wasn't until the One S, One X, but that thing was bad. The Series X has been good. The Series S has been good. Offerings have been wonderful. Isn't it crazy that for years we were sitting there having to fight the fight the online discourse about how Xbox has no games, and now it's like Xbox has too many games, and it's like now we have to put our games elsewhere because there's there's just too many, Mm -hmm. and it's like. For for to to have an Xbox community who's had to struggle with the discourse being that Xbox is in third place, Xbox is always behind. They're always bad at messaging. Um, they're they're having to fight this idea of like, well, you don't have any games, so why would I buy your console? And they're like, all right, fine, we're buying we're buying studios and we're going to have uh, games. And now that we're finally getting games, we're finally having all these studios. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well, now we're going to de-emphasize the fact that all of this stuff is the reason why you should buy the console. It's like. What happened? I think it it reminds me of changes in politics, changes in in fields where I work, like education. People want the silver bullet answer, and some things just take time. You yeah. know, some things just just take time. But I will note this is my last point. Then I'd like us to move on. Yes. Um, the solution to all of this is and would have been make better games. Yes. If the games had hit. <laughs> and been better and delivered on their promises when they were yeah. there, then this would have been a non-issue. And I'm well, obviously we are staunch supporters, Gears, Halo, Forza, but like let's not pretend that in the year of 2023, when Xbox was firing out games to niche appeal, Redfall being the only black eye, which by the way, Redfall in a good place. Keep your eye on XCP in the future. Um, it's to niche appeal, Forza Motorsport didn't do it. Starfield didn't do it. Yeah. You know, like there's there's no way around the discussion that you've yet to produce at you as a company being Xbox have yet to produce a God of War equivalent, a Spider-Man equivalent. That's not to say I don't love Starfield, Gears, Halo, Forts, all I like I love them obviously, but none Good have, games not yes. amazing. Correct. Correct. And I think that would have been not a silver bullet, but certainly done more for xbox than any amount of back compat or quick resume or elite controller could have done and we and we see that with like blade like blade was announced to be a third person action adventure over the you know over the shoulder narrative game and everyone in xbox was like is this the one is this the one that finally gets to answer the question about can xbox make a game that is on par with the content that sony puts out on their first party because Mm -hmm. As, as much as Phil may, and that's is another one of those things where it's like they, Phil's talking out of both sides of his mouth about this. He says that, it, you know, exclusives don't sell consoles. And I'm like, that's fine if it's not exclusive, but 
you still got to like you still have to make a really good game for people to buy your console and it only takes one really good IP. You get one really good IP and it will sell consoles. Spider-Man sold PlayStation 4 for me, man. I didn't care about all the other games. I never I never, you know, played through uh the God of War game or or any of the the um what's the uh the Nathan Drake ones? Uncharted uncharted i never played any of those i didn't care about them i heard that they were good but it didn't matter to me i was i was involved with other games that were really really good mm-hmm. everyone talked about how flipping good spider-man was and i was mm-hmm. like that looks it looks cool it looks really fun i'm i'm in for that mm-hmm. and i got the playstation 4 because of one really good game mm-hmm. and that was all it took the system seller right xbox needs to do that starfield was not it i think starfield is is great but it's not it and i'm still waiting for that it it'll be and interesting to see if power world becomes it or if no. that is sent other places no no uh, I, I i guarantee you power world is a phenomenon it's it's a it's a fun game but it is not it um it just did really really well on the time it hit at the right time for the right group of people um, but it will not be the thing that sells Xboxes. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I certainly have no evidence to argue with you on that one. Um, Personal I feelings. Like- I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to belie the, the sales that they've made or, or say that they aren't justified that they, that they've made a ton of money. I, I, I think that they've done a really good job with what they're doing and they're, they're working hard to continue to push that game, but I don't see power world as an exclusive being the thing that sells Xboxes. Mm, yep. Well, Logan, uh, let's transition away from that because a lot of it is based in fact and quite a bit more of it in speculation. Um, So I'm anxious to see where it goes, the business update. I'm looking forward to Rational Minds prevailing. Um, Game Pass did get an update this past week. Nobody noticed uh, because of all the discourse. Uh, Noticed? Nah, nobody cared. Train Sim World 4 and Madden 24 are in there, timely, of course, with the Super Bowl. Looks like Resident Evil 3 is going to be arriving. A lot of people should play that. I think it's fun. Dude, yeah. Um, That's cool. There were a few others that dropped in there. uh, Bloodstained. Bloodstained. That is a really, really good uh, game that was made from the creators who did Symphony of the Night, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, one of the best PlayStation games from the original system. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is a really good game. I believe you. All right. You I'm sorry. Had, you had a really good time with Prince of Persia. All right. You enjoyed Prince of Persia. I will say Bloodstain, not quite up to the level of, mm-hmm. of quality because it is very much an independent game compared to a very good seasoned Ubisoft game studio. But if you liked Prince of Persia this year and you haven't played Bloodstained, please give it a chance on Game Pass. It's dead. Game Pass is dead. Oh, my God. Lightyear Frontier is, of course, coming to Game Pass Early Access. I'm interested to see how that goes. That might hit at the right time. We'll see. Um, yeah. I yeah. I do want to say we put out our first review last week, Logan, for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Obviously, that's close to home for me. But we did mm-hmm. that as our first review separate from the show, right? Like split yeah. out from the show. I eliminated a show from our from our Patreon just because it was un- people weren't interested. Um, and we did our first review. It was a fun project for us, and I think we might venture into that world sometimes going forward. But I'm under embargo right now for one that I want to try and do. Are you going to try and do that one? 
Yes. Very cool. Very cool. I'm excited to see what, what happens with that one. We've also uh, got a controller on the way, the Stealth Ultra from Turtle Beach, which we're going to be able to talk about. Um, it'll be interesting to talk about that. So we'll see how reviews go. But do check out XCP's YouTube if you're interested in our thoughts on Suicide Squad and in general, just uh, given, given our video reviews a look. We've already got some things we want to tweak here and there, uh, but a place for us to investigate. On Suicide Squad, though, I've talked a lot about Suicide Squad because it's just been such this unique game for me because I come from such baggage of the Arkhamverse, but also I think my gripes and concerns with Suicide Squad were very relevant and worthwhile. And I think other reviews seem to, to echo similar concerns. But also, this game is meant to be a live service and a lot of story stuff has come out as being badly told, I think, in its narrative. But the roadmap looks good. I'm in the end game. I've leveled all the characters up. I'm 48 plus hours in and enjoying myself still. And it's been this, that's the confusion of a game like Suicide Squad. Do you judge it based on its campaign or its end game? Because it takes a lot of time to get to the end game. Where's the loop? Yes. There's, lot, there's not much mission and variety in that loop currently, but new missions are on the way in season one. They're currently in yeah. season zero. So there's a lot of of interesting stuff there, but I will tell you that I am thoroughly enjoying the end game far more than the current game. I like that we're part of the season gaming uh, in-game clan, which is neat because we're reaping rewards there. I like the roadmap that I see, and if anybody can get past the the frustrations that we mentioned uh, in that video review, and you see the game on sale, please pick it up. I think you would enjoy yourself in the end game. This talks to the the looter shooter group not the narrative group that this, what this game is truly meant to be for, I think. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the end game a lot. I, I, so, okay. Um, maybe you can answer this for me. I sure. have, uh, defeated the final boss and terrible, seen, boss uh, seen Brainiac, um, seen or killed seen. Okay. Okay. Uh, Ooh. I have not, I have not killed Brainiac. At, at all so I, I don't know if i'm at the end game yet or if i still have to go back and and do that well i don't think it's a spoiler to say because they built a live service so i don't think i'm ruining anything for you you will kill brainiac and then have to keep killing brainiac yes okay then you have yeah. then you have arrived at the end game i don't think okay. that's a spoiler because he is meant to be this elseworld big bag that exists in multiple places and that's how yeah. they produce conflict for the player to enjoy yeah. Um, so you're there seemingly. Okay. So I wanted to, I wanted to share my thoughts on this cause I think that they differ enough from yours that I, and I come from a different perspective mm-hmm. going into this that I think might help give a little more balance to, um, the overall, the general feeling of, of suicide squad. So, uh, I went through the game completely as captain boomerang. He's my favorite right now. I love his traversal. I think it clicks with what I, what I want out of it. And um, the things that I want to agree with on you are the lack of mission variety Um, through the campaign. I definitely noticed that we were doing the same things, but with a different skin, just kind of like this is how we're going to deal with like, okay, well, uh, X character has to get from one point to point B. That is an escort quest. It's going to be in a vehicle. Uh, we have to go and destroy these things because uh, what's his name needs me to do this. And each character, each tertiary character uh, has their own style of mission. And they are part of the gearing system 
that is for late game um, that you need to do to be able to continue to progress through the campaign, uh, which I think is is a very interesting approach as well. There's no way to golden path through the campaign which was very very i was not expecting that and i and i think you tried to warn me on that at one point but Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me too much um the boss fights i did not take umbrage with um the way that you did i actually enjoyed the boss fights uh with i think the flash being the exception um and i know that's it's going to come as a surprise to you but they're not bad they're just not they're not designed in a way that i think really kind of it, it, if you're playing solo you're not going to enjoy the boss fights nearly as much as if you were playing with someone else mm-hmm. because i think that the things that the ai bots do during the boss fights tend to be more focused on the actual boss mm-hmm. whereas i think a lot of the times people are going to be in an arena and they're going to have to deal with um mechanics that will come at you that you need to address before you can wait for a a, a dedicated like boss damage phase mm-hmm. which is is a very common uh, design element through like destiny and world of warcraft and stuff there's points where you have to do damage outside of the boss mechanics and that you have to survive the mechanics to be able to get to that phase mm-hmm. uh so i kept waiting for that and i didn't really find those moments i found out that apparently a lot of the time the ai bots were just consistently dealing damage to the uh to the bosses and I think that the the design choices that they made for the bosses did not really support that 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 design intent that you should always be dealing damage to the boss. But there are certain things that you have to make sure that you do, like counter shots, for example, mm-hmm. to continuously uh, ensure that you are going to survive the next few mechanics. Um, but I did not find them very very difficult. I was playing on on the the default setting. Uh, I think the Superman one was the only one that I actually died on. And I think that was because I just got caught up on geometry more than anything. And I, and I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize that there were certain things you could do in that fight that until like the second playthrough. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think that the boss fights served their purpose, but I wouldn't call them amazing, but I didn't hate them either. Um, I think that the flash one is one that uh, honestly, was easy um and and a little boring because it was the first one and i think that they wanted to get people past that first one especially working up to how how hard it was supposed to be in my mind just based on other people's opinions and stuff like that but overall i think that the game is really good um it's not amazing but it's definitely good and the tools that they've put into the game are going to serve for end game a lot better than the actual campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to reroll stats on gear, being able to change one particular stat on a piece of gear that is uh, like a perfect roll, except for like one, one of the rolls on one of the augments just did not roll well. And you just, you want to tweak that one. You can do that. You can uh, change and add or remove afflictions, which are kind of like their elemental system for any of the gear that you can uh, at any point, you can always change that. The The gear crafting and customization is set up to support the end game as well as Diablo 4, uh, if not better. And I think that they've done a really good job of, of taking characters from the DC universe and applying that to this game 
that is then going to actually support that. So I think that the end game where you're at right now, and I think that the live service system of that is going to be a lot better and, and a lot more interesting when they start bringing in additional characters with different types of tra traversal types to maybe find people that aren't quite sold on the ones that we currently have. Mm -hmm. And I think that will be very interesting to see like what the next year of, of Suicide Squad is going to be, because I think it's better set up as a live service game mm -hmm. and a, an end game looter shooter than it is currently as a, a full story. But I still really loved the characters. I thought the characters were hilarious. I really love the cinematics mm -hmm. and the, 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 the fights in the, the actual campaign itself was, was good enough for me. Gotcha. Well, it's good to hear, and I'm glad you didn't take as much umbrage or frustration as I did. And I hope that um, that is the case for a lot of people because I want this game to succeed. So if you have played it and watched our review and heard uh, Logan and you have thoughts, we would love to hear them for sure uh, because we, I know I plan to keep playing it, but I enjoy the live service. I did not enjoy the story campaign. I thought it was very frustrating. So definitely let yeah. us know your thoughts, guys. It's a shame too, because I, I I wanted you to like it the way that I was liking it, but I know that I, I'm coming from a much different perspective, and and sure. I can't I can't ask you to to ignore a lot of the the history that you have with this game, and 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 just like it the way I like it. Unfortunately, I think conscious choices by the developer to call back to things thus yeah. made them feel disrespectful to those, and I think that's echoed by a number of the reviews across a lot of outlets um, and we'll see what happens. I, th I do think some outlets are getting very personal in their attacks. And I think that's very strange. Oh, that's um, weird. It is, it don't is a little that. disappointing to see. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, but I think there is something there. And I think as somebody who enjoyed Avengers and does enjoy live service games, sure. There is something there in the end game. So, yeah, uh, let's go with Todd Oxter's question here. I'll do his little listener mail and get out of here. Todd Oxter writes in over on our Patreon Discord. He says, if Xbox makes a new Killer Instinct and fills it with Xbox IP characters, what non-Xbox characters would you want to show up to fight Voodoo Vince and Blinks? <laughs> Just the idea of thinking of Voodoo Vince and Blinks. And Killer Instinct is such a weird mishmash. Like, I don't, I don't like the idea that Killer Instinct would be the place or the type of game that we would have our Xbox pantheon of characters fighting what if, in. What if... What if it was like a Smash Brothers game instead of like a Killer Instinct? I probably would like that more. Asterix yeah. caveat. We've seen yeah. it attempted before. Nickelodeon has one. Nobody's really playing yeah. Brawl anymore. Brawl 2, I should no. say. Although they should have put all four turtles in there. I'd have bought it. Um, nobody's really... Multiverses didn't do well despite having some epic characters in there. Um, that was a weird I think, thing. I do. I think Smash and Nintendo are unique unto themselves. But um, I would like something. I just don't know if Killer Instinct is the answer, but I would like something where we're playing with all these characters, like the idea that Crash Bandicoot gets to kick around and fight Spyro or fight with Spyro. Not in that weird, dumb game that is dead now, by the way. Uh, the There was that weird... What was the one? I don't the know. one that Ains... Or that uh, Kevin uh, Muffin Mon? Yeah, he loved it. He and like yeah. two other people loved it. Shout out to Crash. To Team Rumble. Team Rumble. I'm glad you I, I could only think of hackers, the movie and crash override. So yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you got there. Yeah. What a weird attempt to do like that. I appreciate experimentation that that one didn't work. But what characters would we want to fight up Voodoo Vince? Uh, Sonic needs to be in every 
fighter all the time, every time. I need him there. Sonic. Um, like Sonic Shadow. or Knuckles. Uh, yep. Oh, the new trailer, by the way, for Knuckles, the show. Real good. I haven't watched it. Is it, I know it you, you liked it. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. If you liked the movies, then this is another yeah. reason to check out Paramount Plus because Knuckles does look good. Oh, good. <gasps> what characters? I think right now, given the, the massive amount of IP available to Xbox, I'd rather them just showcase the best their catalog has to offer before we start to venture into effectively third-party stuff, right? Like, I don't need the Prince of Persia to show up to fight uh, anybody else yet. I need to see that Xbox... I want to know what Xbox is doing with their brand before yeah. I've... Like, are, is Xbox a third-party publisher all the time, every time going forward? Or are they going to be a first party? So that's what I'm curious to watch. But but I want to. I, I love the idea of a fighter, a kart racer, something. I want these characters to interact somewhere. All right, Todd. I'll answer your question since Luke is bad. Uh, I'm going to say Spawn because it's been 20 you years. Selfish. Since... That's that's not fair. You knew I would love Spawn. <laughs> I'm calling back to Soul Caliber too, man. Xbox exclusive. Spawn was on Soul Caliber two for the Xbox. It was a great addition to soul caliber it was probably one of the you know next to link it was the best uh console exclusive character and i think if they did a new a new killer instinct i think spawn is a great fit for that world you know we just saw how great he is uh in in call of duty i think it would be fun to have him back as a fighter but this time in killer instinct and also i'll I'll toss this out there as well too You, you mentioned voodoo vince and blinks um, I would like to say Captain Flameheart uh, or some of the Sea Dogs from Sea of Thieves would be fantastic fighters uh, alongside Spinal, who is in Sea of Thieves um, as a figurehead would be great additions to Killer Instinct. Let's get some more rare IP into the, the actual rare game and uh, see if we can have some fun there as well, too. But yeah, I'd love to see Spawn come back as a, as a fighter in a fighter game. Flameheart's a great call out. I would yeah. love to see that. Good call out. That's that's a good answer. That's good. And Spawn is a great choice. That's a great choice. I, I know see... you would like him, but I, I genuinely did think like while you were talking, I was like, oh, what about Spawn? We haven't seen Spawn in a good fighter for a long time. I'm there for that. That's good. Uh, let's do one or two more real quick and then get out of here, Logan. Uh, this is Wolverine4263 writes in over on threads. What do you guys think if Xbox started licensing... Uh, Xbox is the way NVIDIA and AMD do video cards. I don't understand the question. Am I dumb? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll help kind of field this one. Uh, NVIDIA and, and um, AMD, they license cards out to manufacturers who will then take uh, their card and outfit it the way you would like a car. So like if you sell a Nissan, You've got third parties that will sell you like a spoiler or a muffler system that is their custom stuff or custom rims for for that for that Nissan. You can buy a stock Nissan and it'll be just a stock Nissan. But if you want to buy after kit parts for it, those are from third party manufacturers. That happens on graphics cards. So like the graphics card that I just got, it is an NVIDIA graphics card, but PNY is the third party company that took the base put their own heating system into it, put their own fans, put their overclock uh, software on there. They customed that graphics card so that it runs a little bit better than just a stock one. So the question here is, 
if Xbox was to license their Xbox consoles to third-party manufacturers, who could potentially make the hardware look or work just a little bit higher than the base standard Xbox Series X? Would that be something that you would pay a little bit extra for? If you could buy an Xbox that was a little overclocked, had a better cooling system maybe, uh, that ran a little bit quieter or a little bit had more more hard drive space, you know, if they licensed it out to like a custom modder uh, to, to put like a cool uh, outer shell on it or like a, you know, a clear plastic shell or something like, like, like that, like if they licensed that, it would be officially warrantied under under Xbox. You wouldn't lose out on the warranty for, for um, changing anything about the hardware itself. And you would start to kind of build up that that brand identity of like, oh, well, you know, I really enjoyed the the PNY or the Asus uh, 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 graphics card that I have. They're now going into the console space. I am very interested to see what they could do to an Xbox to make it worth spending a little bit more, like a you know, fifty to hundred bucks more for an Xbox Series X that I know is going to definitely outperform not only the Xbox Series X standard, but a PlayStation Five. Glazed over real early on <laughs> in what you were saying. Like I, I tried I, like, so hard. I lost like maybe three seconds in. I was like, nah. <laughs> I even tried to bring it to cars too, make yeah, it a gone. little more understandable. Was, it's like, um, I think it would be very interesting to see if they did that. Uh, I would love to see console manufacturers be a little more uh, open to to third party modern modding for their hardware because I do think that. The, the, the trouble that you run into, and this is something that you don't really see too much with um, with PCs, is software on hardwares or, or, or on consoles tends to target very specific hardware specs. Games are built to accommodate exactly what the hardware is going to be, and you can drill down really close to the actual metal on consoles because you know exactly like every console is going to have that spec so you can optimize for that very very well that's the benefit of playing on console is that you get a really good experience because you don't have to accommodate a wide breadth of hardware possibilities and test for that um nowadays consumers are the tests they run you know consumers can get more hours in uh and 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 thanks to uh, uh, hopefully upcoming um guest for the show a really good comment on one of their recent videos they said that consumers put in more hours for testing than any any uh um uh, any game tester at a studio could ever do so it's a lot easier for companies just to throw out a game let people play it and then optimize based on the 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 analytics that they get back from millions of people putting millions of hours into a game than the 12 person team that they have hired internally for critical errors and things like that so having having xbox having like those have like a set hardware is always going to um appeal to people that manufacture games for specific hardware specs and not pc then if you were to allow other companies to tweak those settings and potentially run into errors or problems with um, things not loading properly or things not working because they weren't anticipating the faster load time speeds, people running through walls in games because they didn't load in fast enough. 
weird stuff like that can always happen when you start to play around with uh, the settings on hardware, especially for like PC. It's why PC has so many issues with uh, with game crashes and whatnot. It's why uh, Greg Miller pokes fun at PC so often because the specs there vary so much that developers tend to have to account accommodate a lot for that compared to hardware that is set in stone. You know exactly what to what you're getting with it, and you can write to that experience a lot better when you're making a, a console game that no one is going to mess with the settings on. So hopefully that feels your question. Um, I would like them to do that, but I don't see a world where that would be accepted by console gamers. Once Welcome again, back. I glazed over. How was, how was your break? Did you have a good nap? I was somewhere. I don't know. I was gone. <laughs> Just gone. I was, all right. I'm going to let him talk about his excel spreadsheets and metal i don't do any of that dude none of that i am the metals closer to and i was gone writing writing to the metal essentially means that you're uh that you're programming a game that you're love it love it (laughs) that's that's the whole point of that like i'm not listening (laughs) i'm having a good week folks oh gosh I want to thank everybody for watching uh, the Xbox expansion pass uh, on YouTube, listening over on Spotify, iTunes. No, they're whatnot. gone now. No, they're all they're all they got yeah. bored by my my little soapbox about PC games. You don't get to thank anyone now. There's no one left. If they're you all made gone. it this far, please tell Logan just so he has this that win in his his category. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, some people have asked us to be on YouTube music. I thought we already were. Uh, that's on my to-do no, list. Se- separate thing, yeah. Okay, I'm that's on my to-do list. I'll have to figure that out. Um, but it's yeah, I bad. hear. You know what, gamers? I hear you, and I'll have an update for you soon. Luke okay? is Luke has to understand what his PC does more than making podcasts and doing his taxes. All right, I, I, and, I don't and that's going to take some time. He's going to fall asleep midway through it, and then when he comes back, he'll he'll probably ask me how to do it. And I'm going to tell him I'm too busy playing Starfield at 120 frames per second with full settings. And then I'll help him later. Everything that he has said makes sense here. (laughs) All right, guys, we do have reviews coming to you in the future. Thank you for following XCP on all your places. Logan, where can we find you? Uh, I'm going to be I missed last week because of the power outage that I had that if people didn't hear about doesn't matter. I have power now. And uh, I'm going to be working on a review for, can I say what it is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to be working on a review for Banishers, Ghost of New Eden. Very interested about that. It's a very, very cool game that I think I've been keeping my eye on for a while. So I'm going to work on that this weekend. Uh, other than that, Kill Halt. Um, I've got a very big episode that I need to make because I've missed a week and I hate that. So I'm going to try and cover all of season 11's patch notes as well as our most recent video that I touched on a little bit with the updating uh, upcoming changes to their PC client version. Um, but outside of that, I uh, will probably be playing Call of Duty or, or uh, Suicide Squad. I kind of want to play Hell Divers too. I'm not going to lie. It's only 40 bucks on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't have AI bots. So I'd have to do stuff solo or with people that I don't know. And I don't know about that. But uh, that's I'm going to be there in the Discord talking about that as well too. And thanks to everyone that showed up for when I was streaming to the Discord for Suicide Squad that wanted to check it out. It was really nice to see Chris and Ellery and Trickster uh, pop in to come check it out and see, say hi. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. 
Uh, you guys can find me on all your socials at Insipid Ghost. And I'm just so grateful and thankful to all of you that click like, share, subscribe, wherever you support, however you support. We really appreciate you. Have a fantastic rest of your week, everyone. Take care.